Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Welcome back to Who's Really the Boss, another episode that we get to record today. Hey, thanks for, uh, this is the last episode that we'll record today, then I get to have lunch. That's nice. That's always <laughs> We always talk about food, which is very, very interesting considering the lifestyle that we lead. Um, I think that there's a lot of talk about food focus for people who constantly under eat. And so <laughs> perhaps <laughs> that's why we talk about food so much because we do uh, limit the things that we would probably rather have large quantities of. Uh, we, we limit them to special occasions or just fewer times per month rather than daily. I like to eat. Uh, you know, it's on my mind <laughs> a lot and yeah, so I look forward to that. Okay. So then with that, what's for lunch today? Since you are, you're, we are in office and so you will be likely eating yeah. from a restaurant. I'm sure some kind of delivery service is bringing it. So when I come to the office now, I don't want to leave the office in between and I kind of work through lunch or have food brought in. So you're spot on with the delivery service. Um, as we mentioned in a previous podcast, uh, creature of habit. So I'm going to order the same meal from the same restaurant that I always do when I'm in office, just because I know the nutritional information behind that. So it will be Uber burrito. We'll, you know, place that order. It'll show up in about probably 45 minutes after I place the order. It'll be exactly what I want from the app, from the DoorDash app. And, you know, maybe they'll find the office, maybe not. That's usually the only hiccup is like the driver, um, how good the driver yeah. is. And so, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that because haven't had it in a few weeks or maybe even a month or two, just because of the timing of when we've been at the office and maybe lunch doesn't align. So yeah, looking forward to that. My uh, go-to right, meal. Uber Eats order. What's your, what's your Uber Eats go-to? Uber Eats bowl. So, you know, it's got lettuce, uh, white rice, black beans, chicken. It's got double the protein. So two servings of chicken, which is about eight ounces of chicken. It's got, um, fresh jalapenos, corn salsa on it, two different types of other salsa to make it spicier. And then if I'm feeling really frisky, I'll get tortilla chips on top, uh, like these tortilla strip things. Um, so yeah, that's, that's whether or not I'm feeling frisky or not, you know, it's like, if I, <laughs> if I awesome. feel like going for it. So, but that's again, like we have recently talked about burnout. And so adding a little bit of something that you enjoy, if you like it, add it, it's one time, it's not a big deal. And so, uh, anyway, so yeah, that's good. And we found Uberito as we call it like an upscale Chipotle. So yeah, if you're familiar with Chipotle, it's a, a cleaner Chipotle. I think they uh, use potentially more white meat than what Chipotle uses as far as their chicken. They have shrimp as an option, which we love to say, but we've never actually ordered shrimp from Uberito. So because we but, are both creatures of habit and yeah. we know what the order is, you can actually just like copy from the time before. And so then you don't even have to worry about 
clicking and swiping, you can just yeah. <laughs> add it to the bag and it's already ready. And so, yeah, my order is similar to yours in uh, lettuce, black beans, chicken, corn salsa, uh, tomato salsa. That's it. You're pretty bland. And more, and, to... and, and more lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> oh, chicken. Did I say chicken? Yeah. Uh, and, and mine is depending on how hungry I am, either one or two servings of chicken. So sometimes yeah. I'll add extra chicken if I'm feeling super hungry that day. But yeah, one of our favorite orders, it's we, I love it because I can customize it and I am a picky eater. And so the fact that everybody is customizing that order and I'm not the one that's <laughs> telling the person or the waiter or waitress, all these things to remove off of whatever meals on the menu. Uh, I, I enjoy that. I can customize it exactly how I like it. Yeah. So Uber burrito is like our number one go-to, I mm -hmm. think. Uh, talk about burnout and previous episode, but uh, Chipotle, we kind of got burned out on that. And Chipotle is just, it was kind of dirty. Did. Uh, you know, it's just. You didn't like Chipotle. I still like Chipotle. I still like Chipotle, but it's, Uberito is an option. We'll go there. And then the other one that's here is Freebirds. Uh, Freebirds Free is okay. They have Pepsi products, which that's, even though I may not get a drink, I still hold that against them. It's like, you don't do Coca-Cola, Diet Coke. I can't get that. I'm not. I'm not a fan. Uh, they do have really good That's brownies, right. but yeah, other than that. Like... Well, Uberito actually has Diet Dr. Pepper also, and it's the only one of the similar restaurants yeah. uh, that serve that style of food. It's the only one that has Diet Dr. Pepper, so that definitely is a win also. So the fact yeah. that they have Diet Coke and Diet Dr. Pepper makes us both happy, so we can yeah. do that. So today, talking about I'm gonna go uh, place more real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about how automation supports relationships and actually goes right into exactly what we're talking about, where our frequency and our relationship to Uberito or to maybe DoorDash is the better app that I have DoorDash about. just to have a burrito delivered though. So like, it's not, <laughs> it's not DoorDash is, is my uh, relationship. It's Uberito is my relationship. Yeah. So the fact that that those meals are already saved and it can be automated and you yeah. can click two buttons versus searching an entire menu, placing an order, customizing that order, Placing, going inside you know, for delivery or to have to go pick up from somewhere. Yep. Um, but this is automated. So now it is the place that we order from nine times out of 10 if we are working in an office. And so really that's kind of the direction of the conversation today is going yep. uh, how automation can support relationships where I think something you know, kind of a, a false belief or something that maybe does happen sometimes that automation kills relationships because you lose the human to human interaction. And so, uh, so we just kind of want to go through how automation can support relationships and how it can be a positive. It does not have to be a negative or isolate or alienate a business from their clients. Yeah, I, I think all that's really great. I, you know, in addition to DoorDash, we do that same thing with Chick-fil-A and Starbucks. And it's just, you know what you and like. Don't and don't forget Sonic. Sonic, <laughs> yeah. So all of those conveniences <laughs> of life have made our life easier because we know 
nine times nine times out of ten, that's that order is going to be exactly what we ordered. Uh, you have some human element where you may have some mix ups, but we ordered it correctly. We know that it went into the system correctly. Now, if it wasn't made according to the order, that's another thing, just a variable. Um, automation, it doesn't stand alone. So automation, I think, falls under process. So process is really what you talk through. And so the processes that run a business, that run an accounting firm or a dental office or, or whatever we're applying it to, that ultimately is what you have to evaluate. And so within processes, you have different software, whether it allows for automation, it allows for like connections between APIs, between two different software databases that you're trying to maintain. But then also within processes, you have the most important part, which is people, or at least we do in our business. Some e-commerce businesses don't have any people and it just shows up um, to a certain extent. But for us, we have people that are a huge part of that process and that deliverable and how all of that works. And so we have defined out of all of that process, people are the most important. And so how do you take the people aspect, whether it's a client or a team member and elevate them in their time? And then that's where you kind of back into, is this process the best process? How can we improve this process? Is automation a part of that that we need to look at? Because ultimately it all goes back to people. People can screw up the process, they can make it better. Um, but that's the deliverable whenever we talk about machine learning and machines replacing people one day. And you've seen that a little bit like self-checkouts and DoorDash and you know different things that we're already talking through. But in our industry, in our line of work, working with small business owners, people are always gonna be needed. They're gonna be the ones that have the relationship, explain the results, have the bedside manner, the soft skills to go along with what we do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And the processes should allow those people to do their job as best they can. Yeah. And so just a recent um, scenario that happened in Dillon CPAs, we have changed. So before uh, before we had some technology implemented, before we had some processes implemented, before we had a different pricing uh, model, our billing looked a lot different than it does today. And so, I mean, years ago, it was uh, after the fact billing. So we would do a project, then we would send an invoice, then we would wait to get paid. We wouldn't get paid. So we'd have to call um, and kind of track people down to get them to pay something. We, over time, moved to having ACH or credit card on file to a flat monthly fee billing, it's recurring monthly revenue. So we set up technology, uh, QuickBooks Online, to charge that amount on the first of the month and then automatically send a receipt to those clients so they know that they're Everything has been paid, taken care of. Nobody on either side has to do anything, meaning it doesn't take a time or a person to handle that function. And yet the result is still the same 
as far as we are collecting money, they are paying for the service that we provided. And so recently came up a client who actually is on that uh, automatic draft on the first of the month for part of her business had another project that was outside of the scope of what that uh, monthly fee includes. And so she uh, has a different business with uh, tax filing that needed to be done that's not included with her uh, monthly fee. And so she got the notice that she got the invoice with the tax return. She got the notice uh, electronically as well. So it came to her in an email with a link to pay. Then she received a statement for two months. <laughs> and then we have her credit card information on file. And so I said, you know, most of our clients who are on monthly recurring draft, like auto draft, they don't, they just assume that that's their receipt that they've already paid. They're not paying attention to it. They're going to tell us to charge the card on file anyway. So let's go ahead and just charge it. We're not call, we're not calling her every single time this happens. And so, um, and so of course we did. And then she immediately sent me a message and said, well, somebody always calls me to, to ask me if I want to use the card on file. And, and, you know, my response of course was, well, you know, there were multiple notices sent and we appreciate that you do have that card on file. And so that we don't take up your time. We just went ahead and processed that payment since that is typically historically how you handle payments to our office. And so it just really uh, gave me pause and made me stop and think that, I don't want to ruin the relationship with that client because the relationship is good. We have great communication back and forth over this silly invoice that's, you know, not included in that fee. But also we don't have to supply a person in Dylan CPAs that's calling to remind her or ask her of something that we've already set out ahead of time and agreed to that we have access and ability to do and that she had received those reminders. QuickBooks is so nice that it lets you see that they viewed <laughs> the invoice. So she has seen it. It's not that it got in a clutter or a junk, but that if we're supplying a person to call and just check up on or chase down things that are already automated, there's already a system in process, then that's time that we can't do other things. So for myself, then that's time taken away from planning podcasts. That's time taken away from marketing materials. That's time taken away from checking in with staff members, hiring new team members. For you, what kinds of things would that limit for you? Because yours are a lot more value add to her specifically, to her business and her relationship. So, I mean, you know, say the extra 15, 20 minutes that could be spent doing what types of things that actually bring value to her? Well, I actually had a conversation with them this week, you know, it was a, a prior to a quarterly conversation, they called kind of a special meeting. So, I mean, in that meeting, we talked about the tax implications from selling some uh, assets that they received from her brother-in-law who passed away and what that means. Uh, we also kind of revisited the succession planning conversation. It's, it's a big goal for them as far as like succession planning, making sure that things are moving along because they've already identified the person who's going to do that. It's an internal employee. It's actually a family member. So it's 
trying to make sure that things are moving ahead at a good pace. What's the timeline? Have we talked to the attorney? Do they have the banker lined up? So that was probably, we covered a lot and it was a 20 minute conversation. So all of that with both business owners was 20 minutes going back and forth over like, Hey, here's this statement and invoice. I'm going to remove the finance charges. Do you approve the credit card? Oh, here's the credit card number that we have on file. Is that the best one? Like, just stop. Like it's done. Like you, we know you're going to pay the invoice. It's just a matter of getting the money for it. Um, so I think we've seen little wins over that. And I've always tried to improve that billing like collection process as much as possible. So even for a business, our size, we move from AR billing things after the fact, holding AR accounts receivable for months and waiting for people to send checks. You had to have a physical office to go get the check out of the mailbox, open the check, either take it to the bank or do a scan, whatever, all that nightmare to where now it's, we've improved that little by little. So what we did to move that forward, as you mentioned, set up recurring transactions for those fixed fee engagements where everything's in line with the engagement letter that we have, a, you know, signed by the client and we're charging that fixed monthly fee for those agreed upon services that happens automatically through memorized sales receipts in QuickBooks online. We'd have the ACH or the credit card on file. The first of every month while we're in bed asleep, it sends those, it takes the payment a couple days pass and that money's in our account. So much of a cleaner process started reducing AR. Um, so that was kind of our, what we would call boss clients or client advisory services, you know, what our focus is in billing CPAs. And then we still had legacy clients or out of scope projects that we would, um, you know, still send them an invoice, wait for a check, all that stuff, build them after the fact where even that's gotten better and will continue to get better. So we've actually implemented a new program uh, called Ignition. And so Ignition now, whenever a prospect or a client, we send them the engagement letter at the time of engagement letter signing. They also drop in their ACH. If they ask to do a credit card on file, we'll send them a credit card, you know, uh, draft as well, but they aren't a new client that's celebrated until we have that payment information. Ignition actually takes it a step further and actually charges them whatever they've agreed to onboarding plus their first monthly fee sets out the schedule and does it all. So that's kind of replaced some of that process within QuickBooks. The great thing when we talk about automation, Ignition talks to QuickBooks. So QuickBooks is our home where we run our accounting for the business. And so it all feeds back in through integrations through whether it's an open integration that corrects connects directly, or if it's through a zap and Zapier, which is another software that you can use for certain pieces where direct integrations aren't available. So we've improved that. And then the second step is we, we still have a few annual like projects, uh, scope where it doesn't make sense to transition somebody to a fixed monthly fee. We've maintained the relationship just purely out of relationship alone. And even for that, what we'll do this year is whenever we send their engagement letter through ignition, they will drop in their ACH or their credit card information. We will not charge them at that time, but it will say, 
this account will be charged upon completion of the project. And so whenever the tax return or, or other project is delivered, they see the invoice as part of that PDF. They've approved that invoice because they see it, they return the 8879 and they don't have any questions about it. So by default, that's approval. Then that's when we'll go in and charge it after the e-file acceptance has been made. And so that will continue to cut down on accounts receivable. We have minimal uh, right now and hopefully go to zero. Yeah, you'll never have zero, zero, but you know, close to zero. And that's a much better business than sending invoices, sending statements, waiting for checks, the mail, USPS, <laughs> screw calling up. For collections. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, call it. And so all of that, just having a better process. And you know what, if, if a client says, I'm not going to do that, I'm not going to give you my credit card information or ACH. And it's a client that I'm okay losing because that's not how we do business going forward. Like this is the best for both sides. And so I can't go into Starbucks or Uberito and say, I'm going to eat you. At, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you after I eat my burrito, like th 30 months from now or 30 days from now. Um, that's not acceptable in today's society. And so just trying to continue to move forward um, from like this legacy mindset of how our industry has done things forever to how other businesses that actually get paid fast um, do, do things. So, yeah. So let's continue on better for both sides. So just our business model and the services that we provide. So boss, our back office uh, support system is the accounting, the bookkeeping, the payroll for clients on a monthly basis. In addition to quarterly uh, consulting that involves business strategy, business planning, tax planning, and of course their uh, compliance filings that they need. So all of the tax returns, everything's included in that. But we had clients who moved to that service. However, they did not fully transition all of uh, all of the way of doing business that goes with that system. So that system is highly automated. We use technology and we use people. We use both to support that relationship and to support the service being completed. And so we did have legacy clients who did not want to give access to their bank accounts for linking them to QuickBooks Online to be able to do the uh, bookkeeping. So we would have to wait for the client to mail or fax um, is really the relationship that I'm thinking of right now, that they would either mail in sometimes fax, but mostly mail. So we'd have to wait for their bank statements to come in the mail, wait for maybe their their invoices out of their invoicing system process that they their use check for that to come through, their check stubs to come through uh, in a packet. And so then we were waiting. So then our time was spent calling to ask, have you sent this yet? Is it on the way? How did you send this? We haven't received it yet. Uh, a majority of the time it hadn't been sent yet. Uh, but then there was follow-up. Well, can you let me know when you receive it? Uh, and so there was a lot of manpower just checking on something that for the majority of our clients was completely automated and done. What that did is it allows less time to talk into that client's business, to talk into that client's uh, 
financial statements that are done at the end of the month. It just doesn't allow enough time to have good conversation around business strategy and finances and cash flow because we're constantly trying to catch up because we're behind based on an old process of mailing things in versus linking things electronically, letting them happen automatically in the background so that instead of just trying to do data entry and scanning and uh, all of these really, uh, what do you call them? Like, functions that a person has to do, um, those are automated for other people. So it really cuts down on the advice and the value add of that advice to his business versus our other clients that are benefiting from these conversations around uh, inheritance that comes through or opening second locations or re refinancing loans or getting new loans or, you know, applying for government uh, subsidies, whatever it might be at the time. So. Yeah, no, I think, um, there, there's a place for technology and, you know, the other piece that we look at is as we're evaluating pieces of technology in our business, and then also in the businesses of clients, um, what, what, what openly talks to other pieces of software? Is it an open relationship? And so, that's something that we now value. If something is very closed off and has to sit alone and it's another database that we need to maintain, there's, it's probably very unlikely it will move forward with that piece of software, unless it's just something that um, is, is integral to the business. And so one of those pieces that we continue to look at in most accounting firms and professional services, like this practice management, how can you, it always comes up and people, talk about practice management software all day long because they think having a new practice management software is going to make their practice better. And it's not processes are going to make your practice better and having the right software as part of those processes is going to, is going to help. But if you've got crappy processes with your old practice management software, you're gonna have crappy processes with your new practice management software. You're just gonna be probably paying more, and software costs. And so as we've kind of got to this point with, you know, 20 plus team members and getting to where we really, we step back and we say, God, we have, we log into a lot of programs every day. And whenever we set up a new team member, it's like, oh, you need access to this, you need access to this, and, you need, and it just gets overwhelming. So as we've gotten to this point, it's like, how do we consolidate and use less programs to continue to do either what we're already doing or even do more in certain situations. So it's diving into what are those core products, what are those core programs in your business and investing, like readdressing, like what are the latest releases? What does that now speak to? What can you do in that? You're not getting rid of the software, so how can you use it better versus relying on another piece of software that doesn't talk back and forth? And so we're diving into all these, you know, open API and Zapier links and just trying to run a better business because there's a function in our business where we invoice out of QuickBooks, but we track projects and time and billing separately in another product called Onvio. Well, Onvio doesn't speak to QuickBooks currently. And so there is a process at the end of every month to close the month for you and I specifically that we're the ones involved in it. 
And it probably takes a, a combined effort of what, six hours between yeah. my time and your time. And yeah. there's stuff like that, that we've been doing for years. And you just question like, yeah, is I there think a better the way, way? The way that it, that it, became evident or apparent that it's not really a good process, it's fine because we can get it done. We probably get it done as efficiently as possible. It's effective for use. But when you think about describing it to someone else and telling them how it is that you arrive at this information, it's almost embarrassing. Like people would be embarrassed to know all of the kind of, we'll say hoops that we jump through to make these two things align and give us the data that we really want versus there's technology is so good now that there either is a program that can do it or there is a plugin that can allow these two to talk with each other and accomplish the same function so that we can have the data um, for use of running the business. So I think that that's one thing. If you're thinking like, well, I don't know what processes in my business need improvement. Well, definitely the ones that cause pain um, as far as people don't like doing them or things are not getting done on time or accurately. Uh, and then also if it's something that you don't want to teach someone else or describe to someone else, it's probably not a good process. It needs to be evaluated. Yeah. I, um, that process, if we cut it down to two hours, by having the right software. And the problem is we've just been head down working just like everybody else. And we haven't learned how to do that better over years, like we said. And so I was, I was listening to a podcast last night. I was driving um, and was listening to a podcast and something that resonated with me was something that he said um, in the conversation and, and backing up, I always say as part of like, to our team, to prospects, to clients, you can never make more time, but you can always make more money. And so time is our most precious resource. It is our most valuable asset. And so I've said that a lot in my career. Well, listen to this podcast. He actually said, you can make more time. And I don't know that you've listened to that yet. Or, I have, okay. I have. And, yeah. and it kind of stuck with me because it's like, okay, tell me more about that. And he was like, well, you can make more time because if you invest time today, that will save you time tomorrow, you have created more time. And so it comes right in line with all of this efficiency, automation, things like that. Um, that conversation was more around um, procrastination and hitting the hard things first and doing what you're called to do and not delaying. But whenever we look at something like that, that was said, that just makes sense at the end of the day. Can you, could we go invest two hours today to learn a better process and get that down, that process that we do that takes six hours a month, get that down to two hours? If so, we have created four hours by an investment. So the first month, it's only a net of two but then ROI every month and we're yeah. getting the benefit of that. So I think that was huge. It kind of helped solidify, okay, it does make sense to step away and like get out of the weeds of day to day and production and everything like that. So that's kind of where we're at season of life in the business is we're pretty set on these pieces of technology. They're 
best of breed, but we're not the best users of that technology. So how do we get to know that better? How do we employ people? How do we spend budget to have people tell us how to use those better? I'm totally okay yeah. with that because it allows our team to know that they're using it the best way possible, stay up to date, stay educated and serve our client really well. After they're done serving our client really well, they have lives, they have families that they can go enjoy. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. So when, yeah. So the whole conversation of automation supporting relationships. So we are evaluating processes, seeing what can be automated, not to take people out of the equation, not from our side or the client side. We want our team to be consultants, to be advisors. We want our team to help businesses run a better business, not necessarily just be a data entry for that business. And so alternatively, on the other side of that, on the client side of that, we don't want the relationship to be built on us calling every month to ask for a payment. We want the relationship to be built on the value that we've added to their business, the peace of mind, the extra time that they've gotten back because of outsourcing and or the conversations we've had around the client improving processes within their business and the client automating things within their business. So both. So, you know, we want our team to be fulfilled by the conversations and the relationships that they're having, not a checkup or, uh, you know, a big brother type thing or where you're calling somebody out all the time because they're late on, on doing this again for the third month in a row, but also want to multiply our time in the day. We still have 24 hours in a day, but how we use that time within the day can be better. And so by automating things, we allow our team to be better balanced. They're not spending so much time working. However, they're getting the same or better results. They're becoming more efficient, more productive in a shorter amount of time. And so then they're able to spend that time doing things that they enjoy. So those are really how automation can support relationships and not that we're trying to automate things so that we can eliminate people. This is not coming from a place of we want fewer people because people are messy. This is definitely coming from a place of how can we have better conversations and stronger, more enjoyable relationships with people by adding more time to our day through good processes and automating what can be automated. Yeah. Um, another example, I don't know if you're looking for another example, but uh, well, let's do it. Well, one is, you know, tax season, we've been serving clients all year long and tax season, you have the deadline and you have an additional project that needs to come in with the tax returns. And so something that we're investigating right now is like, okay, how do you balance out? Cause that extra project does take time. It's got a deadline attached to it, whether it's March 15th, April 15th, whatever, how do you create more time or how do you efficiently let technology do that thing for you? So, we're investing resources, time and budget right now to figure out what that looks like. How does the accounting essentially go into a black box of technology? The black box of te technology immediately feeds into the tax program. And then no one had to prepare 
that tax return. Then they just review it. And so I think situations like that, the first year, we know that we're going to have a little bit of inefficiency in there because it's going to have to be mapped. We're going to have to do some mapping of where those accounts go and how they feed into the tax program, how we set up the right process to review that and make sure that there's everything being accounted for. All of that, it's preparation. It doesn't have anything to do with planning or review or just analytical, like here are the tax strategies that this client could be taking advantage of. More than likely, it's we've already talked through that because we have a relationship with our clients where we do that throughout the year. So it's really just that preparation piece, the king of numbers into a tax program that no one enjoys. And everybody on our team, like they're worth so much more than just being like a, a key puncher, you know, essentially. So how do we identify that piece of technology? We're vetting a couple of different solutions on that. I think we'll have something in place by the end of the year to roll into next year and serve our client that much better, but then also not have the burden of additional time for those projects that only come up once a year. So like that's a, a real world example of something that we're working towards in addition to everything that we're doing with sales process and how sales process leads into clients and deliverables and everything like that, which is a much bigger, more in-depth conversation with a whiteboard probably needed at the end of the day. So. And I love that because that automation of that preparation doesn't change the relationship with the client at all. There is no discussion at tax preparation time because the tax uh, preparation is a byproduct of the quarterly meetings and the monthly uh, bookkeeping and payroll and conversations, financial statements that have happened throughout the whole entire year. So honestly, for our clients, when we get to tax time, it's more of a signature and next steps conversation, which can still happen. And potentially in greater detail where now if the client has questions about, Hey, what does this mean? I've never asked on my tax return what this means or why these numbers are here. There's time then to go through that. And that doesn't become a nuisance or an annoyance because you're so backlogged from doing all the data entry and preparation that you don't have to tell the client, I don't have time to, I don't have time to go over that with you right now. We'll have to, you know, do that in another date or you don't need to know that <laughs> that's not important for you. Uh, only thing that's important is if you owe or if you're getting a refund. And so it's easier to build stronger relationships and be able to meet the client's needs of what they really want to know versus just a data entry, uh, something that does not contribute to having a stronger relationship with that client. For sure. Yeah, I think you hit it on all points there with um, why, why we do what we do. And I know the feedbacks from the team sometimes it's like, oh, one more thing, but you have to just, you have to lead from the making sure that they know the reason why. It's not to buy another piece of software, throw another piece of technology at them or another process. It's It, it should be all around client service, maintaining a high level of client service and accuracy, and then giving balance to the team. And, you know, it's just one of those, like making the most of their time and showing them where their time is best spent. And that that's ultimately what the resolution should be. And that should help support you and why 
you're changing processes or inter introducing automation into the, uh, the situation. Yeah, and I think same can be said with clients. So as far as integrating technology and having them do things more electronically rather than manually or face-to-face, -face, it's kind of finding out from them. And this is just, you know, depends on relationship that you have with that client that you want with your clients. And then also how your whole business is set up as far as volume. But it's kind of talking to the client. Do you really want to sit with me and show me each W-2, 1099, each tax form one by one? Or would you rather go have a cup of coffee? Because I would much rather go have a cup of coffee. So if you just upload those things, let us prepare the return, then, you know, we can go have lunch or we can do something that's a lot more enjoyable than me, uh, getting you to hand over physical tax documents and then you coming back to place those tax uh, originals back in your hand. We can do, we can have a lot more fun together than this. We can, you know, have a lot more meaningful conversation than this is my 1099 and this is my W-2 and this is my, you know, retirement or social security form, whatever it might be that unfortunately our office has seen thousands and thousands and thousands of when we don't need someone to show us since it is labeled on the <laughs> on the form so i think it's really helping people identify what do they really want out of the relationship and then making sure that that aligns with what you have to offer and so if if those align what people want out of their relationship, then usually automating things or introducing new technology is not such a burden because both people understand what the end result is going to be. Yeah, no, you're spot on. So, well, good. Well, hopefully people have takeaways, whether it's like, these are the software pieces that these crazy guys are looking at and where they're at. But I think you kind of, you kind of come to the point, you can continue to grow with people and have people not doing the best processes, not using the best technology, but essentially like I'd much rather have a tighter team that is all rowing in the same direction using the best, uh, the best, if we're doing that analogy, the best boat, the best oar, the best equipment possible um, versus just more people in the water. And I think, that's yeah. kind of where we're at on life and taking care of a very small group of people and growing that group. And that's kind of where we're at from a, both a team and a client perspective. So it's pretty fun. That's really good. Well, looking forward to our next conversation. All right. Have a good one. I'm going to go order my uh, burrito bowl real quick. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.